everybody, and welcome back to episode 542 here on The Daily Grind. Today on the show, we're joined by two amazing entrepreneurs, Mark Kinsley, who is the president and CEO of Anglander, a top 15 U.S. mattress company founded in 1894, and Mark Quinn, who is the co-founder of Spink & Co., Farm Grown Beds, and the VP of Key Accounts and Marketing for Sherwood Betting. Together, they are Dos Marcos. And they recently released their new best-selling book titled Come Back to Bed, Attract More Foot Traffic and Make People Fall in Love with Your Store. Uh, these guys are awesome guys. I absolutely loved every part of this interview. They shared so many lessons. If you're looking to get better sleep, if you're looking to build a business, this episode is 100% for you. Be sure, as always, you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back and dive deep in today's interview with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn. Enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought to myself, what's the catch? But after speaking with them, using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings directly to you. Since switching to Mint Mobile, I've saved so much money on my wireless service. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, for people looking to save extra money, extra savings mint mobile offers premium wireless service for just 15 dollars a month as i said all plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5g network you can use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts and if you're not 100 satisfied mint mobile has you covered with their seven day money back guarantee Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just $15 a month. This is an absolute no-brainer, everyone. To get your new wireless plan for $15 a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, all you have to do is go to mintmobile.com slash dailygrind. Again, that's mintmobile.com slash dailygrind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash daily grind. Now let's jump in to today's interview. Well, Mark Quinn, Mark Kinsley, welcome to the Daily Grind, my friends. How are you both doing today? Hey, Colin. What's up, Colin? Excellent. How are you doing? I'm good. You know what? I'm usually speaking to one person, but I got uh, I got the marks on. So I'm going to call you two gentlemen today. We got the marks on. Uh, for people being first introduced to, to you two, kind of... Uh, if you wouldn't mind explaining a little bit as to who you are and what it is that you do. Go ahead, Kinsley. Oh, do I get to explain Quinn? Because this is going to be really fun. <laughs> no, I should explain each other. I that's think. a hell no. All right, go ahead, Kinsley. You explain me hey, and then I'll explain you. We don't do hell no. We do yes and. Yes and. Only. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. this for five years. Okay, it's you're yes right. And. All right, so, so you I, go I'll ahead. Quinn's introduction. Quinn just, remember, I go, just remember, I go after you, so be careful. I'll be gentle. Kid gloves. Here it comes. Uh, he's Mark Quinn. And Mark Quinn is an amazing man who I love dearly. He's a, my great friend. 
He's been a mentor to me for many years. He dragged me into the mattress business, kicking and screaming. He's been in the mattress industry for at least 25-ish years. His dad was in the mattress industry. His brother and sister are in the business. Um, he's got a heart for service and serving people. He's passionate about promoting the message of better sleep to people, and I've seen him do it day in and day out for at least a decade. And he's just an all-around great guy, mediocre pickleball player, from what I hear. And he recently moved uh, to the town where I live. Now, he says it's because his daughter's going to the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, and his son wanted to play basketball at Rogers, which has a great program. His son's a heck of a basketball player. We all know it's because I live here, though. Come on, let's just be out with it. How'd I do? I, I think you did great. Right there. I mean, Mark, I, I mean, you got to you got to top that one now. Yeah, no. So Kinsley, when I worked at Leggett and Platt, um, I had an agency there and Kinsley was the key account guy on the agency. And I had a really good person before him. So when he came to me, I'm like, I don't want this guy. I want to keep the person I had. And then very quickly uh, that changed. And so it was just a blast working with him there. <clears throat> and he always says that I'm a mentor for him. But I think it works the other way around. He's taught me a lot. He's younger than I am. He looks at things differently where, where he's where I'm not good. He is and, and where he's not good. Uh, maybe I am. And um, the partnership that we have over 200 podcast episodes is so much more than just that business. We're, we're very good friends. He's got incredible insight, cares for people a tremendous amount. His wife is incredible, way over married, which I think is pretty common these days. You know, he's, he's married way above his head, but, um, and he's just a solid marketing mind. He's the leader of a top 10. He's the CEO of a top 10 betting company. And um, they're lucky to have him. He, he knows the industry and he knows how to drive messages and tell stories. And I didn't want to do a podcast. I was like, we're not to, who's going to listen to a podcast, Colin, about the mattress industry? And Kinsley convinced me to do it. And here we are 200 episodes later. And I'm, I'm grateful that we did. And then we got to write a book together. And that was even cooler. So, yeah, man, I love that guy. He's, uh, he's an inspiration to me for sure. Wow, look at those intros. We all need better friends here. If I have friends listening right now, step up to the plate. You're absolutely garbage <laughs> right now. Um, we'll start with, uh, start with Mark Quinn. You've been in the mattress industry for 25 years. Your family's been in that industry. Did you think of doing anything else or has it just been mattresses for you? No, I feel like I needed to call my mom and apologize to her because I got into the mattress industry because in a lot of ways, it's just a, a horror's business. And I mean that lovingly, um, it's all product price and promotion and, there's so much of it that's like driven, you know, it's like, you know, kind of used car sales tactics when you go into a sleep shop store. And so when I first got into it, I was selling finished bedding and I'm like, oh man, this is like, how do I, how do we get passionate around this stuff? And so right from the beginning, it, the, the journey I was on was how do you connect to something emotionally that gives you purpose behind what you do? And really quickly, I understood it wasn't ever about the mattress. It was always about sleep and improving your life and becoming the best version of who you are. Sleep impacts how you look. You look like crap if you haven't slept. It impacts your immune system. We're all worried about our mental and physical health. Sleep is a huge deal there. We have kids running around drinking caffeine at five o'clock at night, not getting good REM sleep. Consumers don't know much about sleep because all the teachers in high school and college never taught them anything about sleep. So we're, as a, as a, as a society, undereducated, like we get fitness, we get nutrition, 
but we don't ever really get good education about sleep. So it, it, it switched from the mattress business into how do we help human beings understand that sleep is a life hack and you need to understand it better and you need to really value it and work towards improving it. Because if you do that, the upside is incredible. So that's kind of the journey for me. What was your education on it? Like what, what drove you into becoming so, because you can hear it and how you talk, what drove you into becoming so passionate about sleep? Um, I, I think it was the realization that we're selling the wrong stuff, right? And so if you look at the advertising and the marketing in our industry, it was always about the product and then the app, you know, a promotion because it's Memorial Day or Labor Day. And I just didn't understand it because as I became more educated on marketing as a discipline, I'm like, okay, emotion drives action. We know that. So how do we make people passionate about it, the bed? And it was weird, Colin, because there's a big disconnect, right? So a consumer intuitively knows if I don't sleep well, I feel crappy in the morning, mm -hmm. but then they aren't connecting that problem to the mattress and the industry does a horrible job of doing it. So it was always, I was the chairman of the Better Sleep Council, which is a PR arm of the mattress industry. Kinsley was on that as well. And so it's them saying, how do we get the dotted line from the mattress to I feel better, live a better life? And so many people in our industry haven't done that. So Kinsley and I literally, uh, I started writing a blog inside of the industry talking about this stuff and trying to educate the industry and, and inspire them in a way to say, hey, listen, if we're all rowing the boat in the same direction, if we collectively as an industry stop thinking about ourselves in, as in competition with each other, and we say, hey, look, we are together here trying to help people understand. So, so trying to get everyone to push towards the same direction, what could happen? in this industry, it could be much different. The opportunity is much bigger than we think. And Kinsley felt the same way. I tried quitting the blog many times. He's like, no, keep writing because the industry needs to know that. And so anyway, that, that was really it. And Kinsley was right there from the beginning and was as passionate, if not more. And so we, we just kind of jumped in the same boat and started rowing together. And Kinsley, when did you get connected with, uh, with Quinn? I'm gonna call you by your last names now, okay? Yeah. <laughs> when did you get connected with Quinn? Colin, you were talking about your friends that need to step up to the plate just a few minutes ago. If you call me Kinsley, I'm your friend because it's like we went to high school together. There this you go. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Quinn, Quinn and I, like Quinn mentioned, I was his account manager when he headed up marketing at Leggett and Platt, which is about a four and a half billion dollar company, services the entire mattress industry with uh, bedding components like Inner Springs. They invented the springs. And so we started working together, did some really great work. And eventually he hired me full time to come work at Leggett in a marketing role there. And then he went on to start Spink & Co, which is farm to bedroom mattresses, which he's the founder of in the US. And um, I took his role at Leggett & Platt. Hmm. And we had a little gap in there where he was gone and I was still at Leggett and we stopped doing the podcast. I kept doing it, but the spark and the magic was gone. And so I called him up, I'm like, man, can you, find time to continue doing this. And, and really the podcast was so that we could have a voice with retailers and retail salespeople, because here's the deal. When somebody comes in to buy a mattress, that's a, a salesperson's one chance every decade to have one of the most meaningful conversations you could have to transform somebody's life. True. Because if you set them on a path to better sleep, you don't have a transaction you give them a chance for transformation. And, and we've really changed, so we wanted to have a voice with these retail sales associates and encourage them to talk about the emotion, not just the square rectangle that was white 
and look the same as every other bed. We wanted to talk about the meaningful benefits of better sleep. And we've been banging that drum for as long as either of us has, have been together. And we've really changed our thinking because number one, it gives people purpose in their jobs. Mm-hmm. Number two, through the, the vehicle of this industry, if we get that message out and people really buy in to better sleep, we can change the world. In some small way, we can start to change the world. And sleep is not like, if, if you're watching this, you have Colin and Mark and Mark. He's in the Mark sandwich. Sorry about that. <laughs> but you have, I'm actually you have on the sp- left. Like for me, I'm on the left. Over you, I get. So my screen is in the market. So, but I, I wanted to use that visual because you have me, Kinsley, you have Colin, you have Mark Quinn, like three columns, and that's how we've looked at nutrition, exercise, and sleep. We've looked at it like three columns or three legs of a health stool. That's not the truth, and this is a recent shift in our thinking. Sleep is the foundation, and the two columns that sit on top of it are diet and exercise. And here's what I mean by that. If you get a good night's sleep, your body produces the right amounts of ghrelin and leptin. This is just one example. Mm -hmm. Those are the hormones in your body that say, stop eating and I'm full. If you don't get a good night's sleep, those hormones are out of whack. In addition to not being able to say I'm full and stop eating, you crave sugary foods. So as a foundation, your nutrition doesn't stand a chance if it's not resting on top of that firm concrete block of better sleep. And just the obvious one from an, from an exercise standpoint is go out dog tired and try to do your best on the track or in golf or in whatever sport you're playing on your bike. I'm a cyclist and then go out with a good night's sleep and try to repeat the same set of circumstances and you know what's going to happen. So sleep is a foundation and we're really trying to get that message out in our industry and to everybody that will listen because it can change your life. And when I started eating my own cooking and really practicing better sleep habits, better sleep hygiene, getting a good mattress, my life changed. It really did. Yeah. Colin, I just want to add one quick thing to that for everyone listening to this, no matter what field you're in, no matter what, you know, thing you're chasing after, just remember that it's about it's not about the thing necessarily it's about the purpose behind the thing so really drill down and think about the emotion the drivers there and that's really the magic right you're not a dentist you're fixing teeth so that they look better they can have a better smile and feel better about who they are that that tone and that purpose is under every single business in every single category and i guarantee you we could find the purpose for everyone and that's where the the magic happens and i'll, yeah. and I'll say this if you're an entrepreneur and you're starting something new, I cannot emphasize or piggyback enough on top of what Quinn just said, because we have retailers, we have thousands of retail doors. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are starting furniture and mattress businesses or have been running them. And we talked to this guy, he's a really cool cat. His name's Andrew Matman Schlesser. He's a sleep superhero. He dresses up in this costume. And whenever kids come in and they're, he talks to them about sleep and he talks to parents. It's so disarming, but it gives him a chance to have a conversation around sleep. So he's, he's managing a store and he tells me, he goes, man, I love this new generation. This new generation, you know, beyond millennials, what is it, Z? Yeah. He's like, I, li- I love Generation Z. I said, what, what's going on? He said, if you give them purpose, they are 
just crushing it in business and in work. He goes, and I go, what about millennials? Oh, he goes, oh yeah, 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 same thing. You gotta give them purpose. So if you can find the purpose, and for him, it is really promoting that message of better sleep and helping people, people understand that once every decade, you have a chance to have a conversation. If this is a family member of yours and you got to talk to him once every decade, it would be a really important interaction. And they treat every customer like that once in a decade opportunity. So if you're thinking about your business, find the purpose behind it. And, and you can do it anywhere. In the mattress business, yeah. mattress salespeople for the longest time were seen as less trustworthy than a used car salesperson. So to be able to find purpose in that path, you can find it in your business. I really believe it. You got to do that hard work, though, because you'll attract the right people. Your vibe will attract your tribe. And that thing is going to be a rocket ship, whatever you're working on. I totally agree. And, uh, you know, you had mentioned I, I grew up an athlete, so I've been around high level athletes and uh, having a good sleep has been kind of in the conversation since I was young. But I feel like now it's starting to get, I guess, what's the word, a little more mainstream for the everyday person to realize kind of the importance of that. And uh, David Meltzer, who's a good friend of mine and a mentor, he always mentions, he goes, there's three things in life that matter. He's like, work because you're going to work 75 percent of your life so do something you love uh, next is find someone who you love because you're that's your partner they're going to be with you every step of the way and third is you spend a, a third of your life or something like that don't quote me on that sleeping so he said better get the best best damn mattress you've ever found in your life <laughs> and that was his advice and and uh it's funny you bring all this up because it makes it makes sense but not a lot of people think that way but it is a conversation starting to happen I no love question. this guy. Uh, you're, yeah. you're I love this guy. T tell him thumbs up. Yeah. Those smart guy. Those yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think his uh, it was his grandfather that uh, that told him that. And he, I think he said you spend a third of your time stooping. I think that was his exact wording. <laughs> so get a good bed, but uh, but yeah. I took so it shmooping could be something else. Which if you're doing that a third of your life, that's pretty impressive. I, well, that's what I thought too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, awesome. I mean, you've mentioned, uh, so you mentioned your podcast a little bit. Um, when did, uh, the both of you start that? Cause I know you're, you just passed the 200th episode. So congratulations on that. I know how much work and, and time that takes to, to start in there. Uh, when did you start the podcast? We started it in 2014 and back when we were both at Leggett and Platt, we had this, this media platform called sleep geek. And it was really focused, like I said, on the retail sales associate, because in our business, the retail sales associate is everything, you know, even in today's world with lots of, it's just starting to shift a little bit with all the research people do online, but that salesperson still has a big influence in what people buy. And so we wanted to have a voice with them and we wanted to have a connection with them. And so part of deepening that connection was, um, the audio format, you know, I, I did a radio show, a daily talk radio okay. show for four years. And I started out my career in journalism. So I was on, on TV. I was the weekend anchor. Um, you know, everybody watches the news right on Saturday night at 1030. So were, were you like, were you like 12? Like <laughs> who watches you as the weekend anchor? You're like, can't even shave yet at that point. Right. I actually got the job before I graduated from college. I was only 21. Mm. Um, but I was working at the station and I kept putting together stories for free and I'm like giving them to the assignment editor. I'm like, Hey man, let me, let me just go out and shoot. And finally this job opened up and I'm like, Hey, can I have, have a crack at it? Like, clearly, you know, I can do the job. I've been doing it for free and they gave it to me. Wow. Um, and then a month later it was like the only male 
uh, reporter that was there was the weekend anchor, and I was the only other ma man that was there. And so it was like, tag, you're it. Like, you're on the news desk. And the very first night I reported from the anchor desk is the night that our troops caught Saddam Hussein and dragged him out of that spider hole. That was no the very way. first story I ever reported on. Wow. But all that to say, my background was media, and I knew that you know, podcasting in particular was kind of the medium of the modern age. You can do other things while you listen and learn yeah. and grow. And uh, I told Quinn that, and he's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Podcasts about the mattress business? I was like, no, like, we'll make it fun, and we'll, we'll find adjacent topics and dovetail them with the mattress business. But it's just been a fun journey. And now, you know, on our 100th episode, we finally brought on a, our first sponsor, and those partnerships are amazing, and we're able to curate cool ideas and bring it to people, and it's just been a fun journey. How long was it about a year that it took you to kind of like grind, grind through the episodes? I've been through that grind too. Did it take about a year for things start to like really pick up for you where you're like, wow, okay, now, now we're starting to see some listeners. Now, now we can see that this is going to be a, a good thing for us. It did, but we already had sleep geeks. So we had built an audience some there okay. and okay. I had been in the industry for a while. So we had, um, and, and plus our company was the largest inside of the industry. So, so we had a good platform to stretch out on, but um, yes, it, I guess is the answer to that. Because after about the hundredth episode, I think it was kind of at that point where we said we feel like we're delivering enough value. We feel like we had done our work. Um, you know, you don't really get good at anything like right from the beginning, and so we really worked on it and and worked on the cadence of it and worked on how we work together and who should we have on this show and what should the content be and what should the, the, the foundational elements of that be? And so we just kept working on it. And then after about the hundredth episode, we go, you know what we should do? We should bring some sponsors in. And since then um, it's taken off in a, in a crazy way so much so that we created a platform called fam.news, which is a media property inside of the mattress category that is all about mattresses and every article is voice. So there's an audio version. We're now producing for other podcast shows inside of our inside of our vertical and Colin all of that to say to say this I think about your audience that are entrepreneurs you know it's sexy to go after the consumer market and want to do a podcast or create a business to the consumer but I'll tell you think about the trades also because a lot of business to business marketing is boring as hell yeah. and so it's not hard to create some excitement, do some cool stuff and, and really stand out. And it's a great revenue stream because if you look at, you know, different market, like, it's like how, how exciting, you know, is the industry, you know, building swimming pools. I bet you could get inside of that and, and blow it up and make it fun and, you know, create a media platform or do something fun inside of that. Cause I bet you there's not a lot of people doing it. So, so sometimes it's not necessarily the B2C market. Consider the B two B space if you're out there and think how can we how can we go in and make it interesting? Yeah, it's it's one of the, the conversations that's continuously brought up. People mention you know the riches are in the niches, but but so many like why do you think so many people have hesitations on that? Because they hear it from a million different people, successful entrepreneurs alike, and they still just like they can't get it through their head. They're like, no, why would I do that? Why would I pigeonhole myself? I want more people. Why do you think that is? Hmm. I think. Quinn a little bit. I mean, there, there's much more of a kind of a sexiness to those broader categories like mm -hmm. sports or news or celebrity or whatever tag you want to put on it. But look, I mean, for, for us, I can only kind of talk from our perspective. We were, we are industry guys. 
and we know the mattress business really well. And we like sharing our ideas. And we also like the, the ability to call up really cool people and shine a light on them and pick their brains and have fun with them and get to know them. And it's a, just an amazing vehicle for being able to do that. But, but as far as you know, finding the riches and the niches, um, you gotta be willing to number one, focus. And, and, and it's true, I mean, focus is a form of bravery. Hmm. And so I think people aren't brave enough to say, this is my narrow swim lane I'm gonna stay in, and I'm gonna use these guardrails and be as creative as humanly possible within these constraints. You know, if Mickey Mantle didn't have a fence up, would he have been hitting a home run? If he hit it six, 600 feet out into a field? No. Put your guardrails up and know your playing field and be as creative as you possibly can within that niche. And we've done that in the mattress business. I mean, we've done everything from rap videos with Second City Communications out of Chicago. I put two guys inside of a mattress and called them the edge heads. And I've made cartoons out of nano coils, stop motion. And, and then just on top of that, you know, I've, Quinn and I have rapped on stage with Party on the Moon, a really famous kind of party band. I mean, we, we just have not slowed down, foot on the gas pedal, and we're not scared. We just aren't. And, and the thing is, I think that gives me bravery is knowing that if I fall on my face, Mark Quinn is going to fall right there with me. And at least <laughs> I have somebody to help pick me up and dust me off and say, you're good, man. And I'll look at him and say, you're good, man. There's magic in having partners. Yeah. Or the other part of that is if he falls, I'm there to help him recover or pick up the slack or whatever that might be. Or if it he falls because he tripped over a big Yeti in a window in San Francisco, it was an art piece. I'm there to take a picture of it and always remember that, which I did nice. just because I'm a good friend. And then I and, and, and shares the pictures all the time and, nice. and humiliates me because I got attacked by Sasquatch. Well, I think it, I should be compensated for that. But <laughs> Colin, to go back to your comment too, why aren't they doing it? I think it's because they don't really understand the opportunity, right? Hmm. And so if people really valued that and they go, holy cow, right? If so you can be like, I love being a big fish. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. But I mean, we're, we're bigger fish in a smaller pond, right? So the mattress category is $17 billion. But I would much rather have a presence there, which by the way, is cheaper to build Right. And then if you have established yourself because your your content is solid. I mean, the book we just wrote uh, was um, pushed out and became a Amazon bestseller quickly because we had built an audience already. So if you're inside and you're connecting to people and you're able to work your position inside a smaller group, then you become bigger. Therefore, you have more influence. Therefore, uh, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so you can go in the B2C space and be one of many many, 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 one of millions, right? Or you can find a good niche and, and go in and, and make a bigger impact, I think, in a shorter period of time and, and less costly. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and you know, Kinsley, you had mentioned the idea of being risk adverse, and I don't, I don't know if you said that exactly, but I think it's so important when it comes to, to entrepreneurship, right? Not a lot of people are willing to, to take that risk. Maybe they see the opportunity, but they can't step in they can't eat that shit for for two years in order to really get there do you feel like both of you do you feel like anyone can be an entrepreneur 
or do you think it takes a certain type of, of person? And, and whether that's a certain type of person they are now, it could be developed, but do you think it takes a certain type of person to become a successful entrepreneur? I don't know that I can, I'm the best judge of a successful entrepreneur, but I will say the people that I've seen really make it have a quality that I think Quinn and I have. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't able to put my finger on it for a long time until maybe a couple years ago. And it really got clarified when we wrote the book and that quality is we are willing to take action because action reveals the answers. You don't know what's going to happen unless you do it. Now, I'm all about having a good plan. I do a lot of strategy work and it's really fun for me. But ultimately, I'm not afraid to take action. And what we found over the years is, boy, you can sit there on the sidelines and think, 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 plan, plan, plan. Look, try to put every contingency in place possible. You do not know what's going to happen or how it's going to unfold or where it's going to lead until you take action. Mm -hmm. So the people that I think are making it don't have it all figured out. They don't have some sort of secret playbook that you don't have. They're just willing to take action and be really dumb for a long time. We did a hundred podcast episodes before we ever did two things before we ever took on a sponsor and got money. And before we ever did it consistently every week. And ever since we started podcasting every week and got into that format and that cadence, which your audience expects, and ever since we started taking on sponsors, things have changed. But we couldn't have taken on a sponsor until we got consistent, until we did those 100 episodes, until we ate shit for about two and a half, three years. Yeah, makes sense. You know, to, to go further on that question, I think it, it, I don't know if it's a special person, Colin, but I know that they have to have some characteristics, right? So meaning maybe people can learn this, right? But I think the big one is the fear factor, right? So don't be afraid. You have to be willing to jump in. And, and by that, I mean, you have to also be willing to fail. And that part's tough. I mean, I was in, I was 42 when I first started my, uh, when I started my first company and I've failed two or three times since then. And it sucks. It's freaking horrible. And I went through moments of despair and am I good? Am I as good as I thought? And should I have ever done that? And am I worthy of that success? I mean, so many crazy stuff goes through your mind, but then I listen to shows like yours and how I built this. And I listen to these guys and it's like perseverance is like at the top of the list in terms of what you have to do. So I think if you're able to put yourself in a place where you're mentally strong enough to say, I, there's a really good chance I'm going to fail. And if I do, that's okay. You're going to get up and you're going to go start something else and do something different because chances of you succeeding are actually much great, like lower than the chances of you failing. So you have yeah. to just get right with that from the beginning. And then the other part I think is, you know, wh what are you in it for? And when we wrote our book, the, the publisher asked us that question. And for Mark and I, it was never about writing or selling books necessarily. It was about getting content that we thought would help people and serve them in some way and write that book and and put it out there for people to take advantage of. And I, I think that that theme is true for any business. Like if you're in it to serve people, if you're in it to help them solve a problem, if you're in it to solve 
questions in consumers' minds about certain things. If you're really about them and you put them in the middle of it all, that's where you succeed. If it's about you and making money and transacting and all that stuff, I think that's fine. There's a lot of people who've had success there, but I really think it gets to that too. If you have a heart for what you're doing and your purpose is to help other people along the way, I think that's a, a really good driver. For sure. And uh, we're going to get into your book in, here in just a second, but you brought up a, a point I kind of want to piggyback on, so to speak, and that's the idea of being uh, being sure you're in the right mental framework, I guess, in the beginning of the day so you can succeed, so you can start to do those things. And uh, one thing, obviously, is sleep. And I'm not just saying that to plug you. Plug, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, but Thank it you. is. But it is. Uh, it's important to get sleep um, and get a good night's sleep. What are some... What are some common things or, or what are some p things people do which kind of hold them back? Because there's a lot of people who do, I know personally, who struggle with sleep. Like they, they don't get a good night's sleep. They wake up, they're tired, they're shitty to be around, to be honest, for the first two hours. What are some things people are doing, like making mistake-wise uh, when it comes, say, before they fall asleep? Well, there's some people out there that aren't listening to the Dos Marcos podcast right from the beginning of the day, and we think that's a huge mess. Yeah, so do that first. Don't you? Do that first. And, and of course, this one. I mean, you, you got to... Anyway, Kenzie, go ahead. I'm having a hard time believing that they're not listening to the Dos Marcos podcast. I, <laughs> I, that, that didn't land with me. It didn't um, at all. You, like, you didn't buy that one bet. You know, we were having an editorial meeting this morning with our main man, AM to PM, Alex Milstein, uh, who's on our editorial team and he's our managing editor and we were talking about um some of the sleep topics that we want to cover on on fam.news and that stands by the way it means for all things mattress okay but we like it because it's the fam and it's mm -hmm. community and that type of thing but we were talking about okay if you get if you get that chance to have one conversation with a consumer every decade what should that salesperson impart on them that could be transformational for that consumer so what are the key things that you really want to send them away with. And for us, um, there are some obvious things that we think are kind of like throwaways, like put your phone down an hour ahead of time because daytime spectrum light is coming off your phone telling you to be awake. Okay. So you need an hour reprieve from that phone. You got to have a caffeine curfew of 2 p.m. No later, because caffeine's half-life is about six hours. So it breaks, it cuts itself in half. So you got caffeine going into your system well into your sleep if you don't cut it you have a 2 p.m caffeine curfew so get rid of the blue light an hour before bedtime get rid of you know have a caffeine curfew of 2 p.m and what I, I said something that kind of begs the question get rid of your blue light an hour before bedtime all the sleep doctors all the sleep science out there if they were going to have one recommendation it's have a bedtime and stick to it Interesting. because Having a bedtime creates, um, it, it complements your circadian rhythm. Meaning, if you have a bedtime, your body is going to start producing melatonin consistently without any melatonin pills. Those are hormones, by the way. Like, putting them into your body is not the best thing. I don't agree with the melatonin crowd. Um, but your body has a set point for melatonin release. Athletes have a set point for HGH release which happens in the first 90 minutes of your first sleep cycle. And all those chemicals, all those hormones, all that good stuff starts happening on a schedule and your body says, boom, I'm ready to go to sleep. Um, then beyond that, I mean, look, it, you know, if you have too much to drink, you can put you to sleep, but it keeps you out of deep restorative REM sleep. 
And then beyond those kind of key tips, um, one thing that's worked really well for me um, is I don't do it a lot anymore because I think I've kind of like made it a habit. Um, but Quinn and I've talked about this. I'm, I meditated for probably five years. Okay. And, and meditation is very, it's very holding hands with sleep because ultimately if you can't shut off your monkey mind, you're not going to be able to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And meditation is nothing more than practicing being present. And when you can practice being present over time, you're present. It's like building up that muscle. And so if you're able to go to sleep, you know, lay in your bed and not think about everything else under the sun that's happening, or, or you're able to shed some of that stress and just be in the moment, then that skill is going to translate to getting to sleep sooner and having better restorative rest. And then if you do wake up in the middle of the night, that meditative practice of being able to like let stuff go and just focus on your breath and be in the moment will help you get back to sleep sooner. So the, I don't know if I put a, a nice like one, two, three on those things, but those are some of the main ones I think that consistently come up for me. Quinn, what do you say to people who are like, I can't fall asleep unless my TV's on? Yeah, so like that's, um, that's one meaning, of the most common things I hear. <laughs> like meaning, meaning me, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, you know, we, we don't eat what we cook all the time. Um, no, you know, I, I think for for people calling actually, as Kinsley was talking, it made me think about so peace of mind, right? So uh, Kinsley and I did some work with a guy named Dr. Ruben Nyman. Dr. Ruben Nyman is a sleep expert, and he was actually a sleep coach. So he went on a tour with us, and we did some work with him. He went on, he was a sleep coach for Aerosmith no back when they were touring, way. right? And so Aerosmith was like doing like heroin and shit. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, how do you get those guys to sleep? But, you know, they, <laughs> they valued it enough. They had him on the plane and yeah. like he, so anyway, all of that to say, I think um, a lot of it is mental, right? It's like, so um, again, we don't, no, no one's taught us, Colin, how to sleep. They don't understand the half-life of caffeine and they don't understand what Kinsey even said. So routine is a big deal, right? And so for me, even at night, the mental stress of that, so why aren't you sleeping? A lot of times people wake up at two or three in the morning and they can't get back to sleep. And, and that's been me too. But you have to figure out what works. And a lot of it is if you're, if you're a faithful person, if you're a religious or, a, you know, you have a, a God that you pray to, you know, a lot of that, because I do that, like it's releasing things, right? Before you go to bed and say, nothing I can do about this right now. I have a little talk with myself. I write down anything that's stressing me out. I write down ideas. So I release it out of my head. And so it allows me to prepare myself to go to sleep. Uh, sometimes if my mind is racing, I like to have a TV on. I like to like listen to a podcast so my, my brain isn't working because I'm really ADD anyway. And so like it, it allows me to like forces me to like, you know, not focus on the stuff going on in my head. And then when you're waking up, it's the same thing. It's like wake up, you know, just this sense of I feel good, a moment of gratitude for all the good stuff going on in your day. And I think how you end it and start it are both incredibly important and also very important to the, the process of sleep. And one of the things Ruben used to tell Kinsley and I was, you don't go to sleep, sleep finds you, right? You can't just mm. go there yourself yeah. because a lot of times you go to sleep and I know if I'm traveling or something like that, and I know my alarm's going to go off, I'm freaking out because I'm like, oh shit, I got like four hours only. So you're, you're worried about going to sleep. And so you have to not go there. You just have to let yourself go and do some breathing or whatever those things are and let the sleep find you. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And, uh, yeah. two things I got out of that. I got to put my phone down before I go to sleep. I'm an obsessive guy. So I've been in the chess 
and I've been playing chess before bed and I've slept like absolute garbage the last three months. Um, mm-hmm. So I need to put down the phone. So I appreciate that. Um, let's well, <laughs> Colin real quickly on that note. Yeah. This is my, I've been doing this for years also. Um, any type of reading that you do before bed, avoid nonfiction because anything where you're learning or you're strategizing like chess causes your brain to start going into problem solving mode or going into critical thinking mode. Whereas if you read a story, read some fiction and not on your phone and not on your e-reader, a actual book, these exist still. Um, when you read nonfiction, your brain goes into more of an empathetic mode. You're following that character and you're just along for the ride instead of trying to solve a problem. And so I've been reading fiction before bed for years. And, and, and if I were to zoom out real quick and kind of try to wrap everything up, your body and your brain need signals that certain things are about to happen. And so if you can create that cadence in your environment and tell your body and your brain, this is what we're about to do and do it consistently over time, you'll get better sleep. So my routine is pretty simple. I, I, and recently I've gotten my phone out of my bedroom. I don't even have it in there anymore. Good idea. It, it haunts me. I'm like, I don't want to look at it. But my routine is I take a hot shower before I go to bed. I like to go to bed feeling clean. And it becomes a signal to tell my body, you're about to go to sleep, a full body signal that this is about to happen. You're about to get, go to sleep. I turn on campfire light is what I call it. So no overhead light, soft glow light beside my bed. Um, I get in bed about the same time every night and I read fiction. So the shower, the light and the reading only happen really whenever I'm about to go to bed. And so my body and my brain has all these signals saying, Hey bro, it's time we're doing this. Gotcha. My, my, my routine is a little different. I have my wife convinced that if I don't have sex every night before I go to bed, I can't sleep. And Genius. that works so well for me. Isn't that good? Genius. So you can, I'm kidding. No, uh, ritual is really good. Um, but I think the other part of it, you know, we had Chris, uh, uh, Chris Cassidy on our show um, not long ago, and he's an astronaut and he's a Navy SEAL. So he had spent six months on the space station living and he just literally went up on a, after he did our show, he went up into space again and he just got back after another six months of being on the space station. And what's so interesting, we asked him about sleep in space and he said, one of the hardest parts is you have no ritual because you're in space, right? And so maybe you put your pajamas on and you climb into your bed, but for an astronaut, like he literally brings a neck pillow with him into space, even though you don't need to put your, your head on anything that you literally get into a, a bag Crazy. and you tether yourself to the side of the space shuttle. And then, cause you're floating. Yeah. So you're in zero gravity. There's no pressure at all, but he likes the neck pillow because it reminds him of sleeping at home and having a pillow under his head. So even in space, he was saying the ritual there is really a big deal. That's a wild uh, thing to experience. I bet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even have thought of that, but now that I do, uh, I don't really want to go to space that much anymore. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah. So you both mentioned, uh, the, the new book that, uh, you're releasing. And for those of you listening, that's come back to bed, attract more foot traffic and make people fall in love with your store. So talk a little bit about the book. Like what was the inspiration behind, uh, writing the book and, and for those listening and who do pick up a copy, like, what do you want them to take away from the book the most? Well, the number one challenge with our independent retailers and in, in the mattress business is always, how do I get more people to come into my store? Mm-hmm. 
And so we gave a speech, it's been just about a year ago now, um, where we spoke to about four or 500 mattress retailers as part of this big conference called Nationwide Primetime. And so we talked to the president of the company ahead of time. You know, this is a buying group, so you got a lot of members of you know, different retailers, furniture, mattress stores that are members, and they get all the efficiencies and the benefits of being in a buying group. And so as part of the learning academy that they have, um, we were asked to give a speech. And we I talked to the president of the company, and he said the number one challenge is foot traffic. Like people need folks to come into their store. That's always their number one challenge. We said, great. We have kind of a unique vantage point where we see a lot of these businesses in the industry. We'll give a speech about how to drive foot traffic. And it was a whole event in and of itself where we came out dressed in milk white clothes with gold chains like wrappers that said springs and foam. And we had uh, a Sasquatch again as a DJ that dropped the beat and we came out through the crowd rapping and did this whole thing. And we did that because it, we were making a point. If you want people to come to your store, you got to grab their attention or they won't listen to anything you have to say. So we were grabbing their attention first. So anyway, fast forward to the end of that speech. Everybody had a three by five note card. And we said, write down a foot traffic driving idea that actually worked. Put your email on there. We'll collect them up and send them out to everybody that contributes. So we had about 80 different foot traffic driving ideas that actually worked for real wow. retailers. And so we sent them out and we didn't think anything, up, anything of it for a couple of months until COVID hit and shut things down. Quinn and I are on the phone. And I remember saying to him, I'm like, we've been given a gift. It's the gift of time. How are we going to use it? And we both went back and forth and we decided we've got a book and that book is built from this speech about how to drive foot traffic. We started writing it and we quickly found out one key thing. Why, why do people not do these things that we recommend that we know work to drive foot traffic? Because they don't know who they are. They don't know what they believe and they don't know how to be confident in communicating that to the world because they don't know who they are. They don't know how to build a brand. They don't know how to position themselves in the marketplace. They don't know how to find their niche. And so the book quickly became, how do I figure out who I am, what I stand for and build that brand, that foundation that then allows you to go out, communicate your message, pull all these levers and attract foot traffic to your store. And I think like in addition to that, it's not just who you are, but it's so funny, Colin, if you think about everyone, everyone listening to this right now, I want you to think about Main Street in your town. Okay. I want you to think about the car dealerships you go shop at. I want you to think about the dentist you go to. I want you to think about restaurants you, you frequent. Yep. And then I want you to think about how different are those places, right? So most of them have similar experiences. When you walk into the lobby of a car dealership, it looks like pretty much every other lobby of every other car dealership, oh. a florist, uh, an insurance agency. So the whole point for us too is, listen, once you know who you are and don't do it before then, and we give people exercises in our book to literally say, okay, this is how you really understand who you are, not just who you are, but who you want to be. What's the aspirational part of that? Like who do you, like that's who your customers think you are. Who do you actually want them to see you yep. as, right? Yep. Um, so once you figure that part out, then you can go, how do we differentiate? because we're in that attention-based economy that Kinsley talked about. So how do you make yourself a little bit different? How do you stand out? How are you talking to the consumer? Um, Kinsley and I tell this story about a Christmas tree operation where they literally sell Christmas trees in New York City just like everyone else, 
But the difference is when they deliver their Christmas tree, they dress up as elves. They knock on the door. They have a little, you know, telephone with music playing like some Christmas tune. And they come in all jolly and they set this Christmas tree up. I mean, it's a silly example, but that's it. There's a restaurant in Springfield, Springfield, Missouri called Lambert's Throne Roll. And you walk in and their whole game is it's great food, but they throw rolls to you from across the room. So they have these hot homemade buttery rolls. And then if you want when you're like, hey, yo, and then they're like throwing them, right? It's small stuff, but it is, how do you separate yourself? Because if you don't do that, and, and this is really important part of it, Amazon, big box guys, they're taking your business. That's not going to stop unless yeah. you find a way to connect to people in a different way and an emotional way, connect to your consumer and differentiate so that you give them a reason to come into your brick and mortar store and not go online and buy it in their underwear. Makes so much sense. They, they, they know who they are and it's, it's like you had said just right there, it's differentiate yourself. And if you can differentiate yourself and people understand what that is, you'll win, I think, in your space, no matter what you're in. Yeah, and you have to figure out how you can be first in a category. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this in the book. And, and for the entrepreneurs out there and people that are building business or even need just like a hard reset, we've done this so much that we put it all in the book. And I think it's valuable for anybody that wants to read it. But you need to figure out who you are and how to position yourself. And we tell a story from a great book called The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. It's kind of a famous text in the marketing space. Simple, quick read, great insights. And one of them is this. Who was the first person to fly across the Atlantic Ocean? It's Charles Lindbergh, Spirit of St. Louis. Actually, my parents, uh, their house burned down right before I was born. My brother was a baby, he's in the bassinet. House burned down. The deed to the house was signed by Ulysses S. Grant. Um, the papers were. And as they ripped apart the house, they found a newspaper from the spirit of St. Louis's original flight that was used for insulation inside the house. So I had that framed in my house growing up. So I knew that pretty well. Who was the second guy to fly across the Atlantic? Same guy. He did it better. I don't know. By all metric, faster, more fuel efficient, just by every imaginable metric, he was better. Nobody knows. And then you go, well, who was the third? Well, there wasn't a third because there was only the first woman, Amelia Earhart. She created a category in which she could be first. A lot of times we're looking at the market and thinking, how do I be better? Yeah. How can I, how can I get better that nobody cares if you're better? Band-Aid doesn't care that you're better. That's, a Band-Aid doesn't exist. It's a, it's a brand. It's an adhesive bandage. Facial tissue, we call it a Kleenex because they, they created a category in which they could be first, just like Amelia Earhart did. So we, we kind of joke around about our podcast. We call it the Galaxy's Greatest Mattress Podcast, but it's the first mattress podcast that exists. When we created fam.news, it's the world's first audio everywhere mattress media hub because nobody's going to do audio with every story in our industry. So you got to think, yes, specificity is a form of bravery, but how can you create a category where you can be first? And that's the fundamental issue, I think, in marketing and a lot of times in business. Truly valuable right there. Love that. Um, For people who want to grab a copy of your book, where's the best place people can go? Jeff Bezos' backyard. He keeps a big stack. 
He does. He's got a bunch of them. Yeah, so uh, check it out. Come back to bed. So the problem with the name of the title, Colin, is that we didn't think it through. We named the book Come Back to Bed because there's a comeback element right after COVID. So there's that, but there's also the bed because we're the mattress industry. But then when we actually saw our book posted on Amazon, there's a bunch of pictures of Kinsley, like bare chested with a long flowing hair standing on top of a cliff. Like, so there's the romance novel. So Kinsley has like done a lot of those covers. And then there's us, which is a mattress industry category. So pick the one with the blue cover and the mattress on the front if you want the book. But yeah, go to Amazon. When you get an offer like that to do cover shots, you just say yes. Action revealed the answer, which was... You, you end up in smut novels. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll make it super simple. Put it in the show notes section of the podcast. And uh, we'll do this too. First three people that listen to the podcast that want a cop- copy of the book, reach out to me. I'll send it to you to your doorstep. So we'll do a, a three book giveaway. Um, for people want to reach out, like follow you guys directly. Obviously, you mentioned the podcast, but like where, where are you most active, say on social media? Yeah, go to fam.news, the website, and all the stuff that we're doing. At the very least, if you're in the entrepreneurial space, you can see the property and kind of see how we've tried to push hard into the vertical. But So there's that. And then uh, find us on LinkedIn for sure. Uh, Facebook, there's the Dos Marcos podcast there. Uh, And that's probably a good – the Dos Marcos uh, Instagram page. So Yeah, Yeah, a lot of our social stuff is up at fam.news. And then I'm at Mark Kinsley pretty much – everywhere so oh, you got your name Instagram. that's big time you got your name that's, that's big, big time yeah early adopter He's big time everyone uh i'll put uh i'll put all those links uh gentlemen quinn kinsley i can't thank you enough for jumping on the podcast sharing your wisdom and story here uh, with my audience i truly do appreciate it you're awesome colin thanks for having us thank you colin thanks guys And that is it for today's episode, everyone. Hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you did, hit that subscribe button. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that you find your podcast. Uh, If you enjoyed today's episode in specific, share this out with one person who you feel like could be truly impacted from today's episode. We'll be back next week with another one. Until then, always remember to keep on grinding.